perspective. From Danzig to death, to Dark Throne to Dr. Shrinker. Buckle up, things are about to get heavy. This is the Metal Podcast. Let's rock and roll. And welcome to another episode of the Metal Podcast, a show ran by people who get ostracized and then vindicated within minutes. I am AC, and I am supported by public enemy number two, DJ. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, fantastic. Feeling uh, nice and vindicated at this moment, even though I had literally nothing to do with said moment, but uh, I'm doing well. How are you today? You know what? I, I'm in a, you know, it, it's weird. It's like a light switch has been flicked. And I, I and I went from, um, like, I don't know, like maybe this is how the, the Joker feels. Like I went from like overwhelmingly mm-hmm. angry to like overwhelmingly jovial in well, isn't seconds. That like making up for stuff or whatever. Like laughing because you're like in pain or something. Well, like, I'm not. I, well, I don't mean laugh. like the movie Joker. Oh. I mean like the the Joker, like in uh, just in general, not like the one with with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, okay, I'm thinking too deep into things again. Yeah, I just meant like the, the Joker at surface as, level. Yeah, like the jo- the Joker is like an abstract, you know. Yeah, but you know, not not the, not the movie. I know I saw that movie, and I remember thinking. It, it wasn't very good. I liked one part. I liked the part uh, at the end, but that was Robert about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <We> shot him. <laughs> <I didn't do. laughs> that, that was that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, other than that, no, that um, no. I just mean like you know, I'm like like full of like like rage filled tendencies, and then I'm just laughing like hysterically. It, yeah, for, you know, check out, check out our YouTube channel for, for more, uh, information on this, but, uh, you know, back, back to the show while, while we got, uh, we got a, we got a, we got a full show and we're gonna, we're gonna talk about some things that are, uh, kind of a, a, a cross between DJ's interest and the metal mm-hmm. podcast's interest. So DJ, you, you found this, uh, thing you, why don't you go start us off with, uh, all these athletes here. All right. Well, I'll first kind of start off by thinking that, um, well, I want to ask you with musicians because with like sports athletes, a lot of times on certain days, they'll like support a cause like uh, mother's day. Baseball oh. players will wear like pink. Uh, do music. Do oh, I, okay. Do I thought, oh, I thought you were going to say like, uh, uh, athletes will support a cause, you know, like, like charities, like, you know, the WNBA. Well, they make, uh, they definitely <laughs> wouldn't support that. Took you a moment. But they will stop the game and do like a uh, stand up for cancer. So, like, while sure. having a big, uh, you know. Okay. You know what? That. Okay. All right. Um, so I used to be really into bootlegs when I was in high school. And I okay. used to look for bootlegs of just like bands that I liked. And there was a Megadeth bootleg right after the Challenger explosion. And Dave oh, asked everyone, boy. like, this is like high on like crack and heroin and meth. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, uh, Evil, Dave. yeah, like this is like pick, pick a, a drug or a chemical and Dave is flying high on it. And he asked 
the crowd to take a moment of silence to honor the people that died from the challenger explosion. And some guy was kind of like, you know, being a, being a, a jerk. And then Dave's like, Hey, shut up. People died. Like take this seriously. So even then, like, so not like specific causes, but you know, that is a thing that they did. So that, I mean, that's just one example. I I don't know. No, that's great. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Well, so I went to, (laughs) I saw the Los Angeles Clippers in, uh, I think 2019. Anyways, they were having a bumble night where you, they had like a website and you could get, like the, yeah, the, like the dating. Yeah, so That's weird. And if you looked at the Clippers jersey, there was the Bumble logo on their jersey. So, so okay, so it's a corporate sponsorship, eh? Yeah, Another yes. one. Goodness yes. Gracious. So um, I'm curious if musicians do that. I've never seen. Oh, uh, uh, you? It. Oh, really? Really? You've never uh, seen one? Uh-oh. You you uh-oh. ready to feel silly? <laughs> yeah. Lady Gaga and her pharmaceutical. Oh, 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 okay, yeah, but I mean, like on stage, you're like, "Hey, we're wearing, I don't know, like we're we're we got pink guitars because it's Mother's Day, or it's, you know, pick pick something." But okay, yeah, I, that, I yeah, that. you know what? I but to before you get back to your point, I would say there there probably are musicians that do it that are people that we would never listen to in a hundred okay. years. So it's possible. Like, I, I, I can't see like Kiss or Metallica or Ozzy Osbourne, something like, like, you know, big rock bands. I can't see mm-hmm. them doing it because at, at that point, I, I don't think they, they really need to do something like that. They, they'll just, um, sell corporate products in their own way. Okay. But I, I bet younger musicians do rappers probably yeah. don't. I mean, may, maybe they do, but probably they don't. Cause again, you know, they're, they're just selling like murder and bang and, energy drinks. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I could, I could see something like that. Like, uh, you probably have like your more stable rappers, like ones that, that do like ads for Twitch or whatever, like selling they're, stuff uh, like that, like doing ads for like a bulletproof vest and stuff. Well, that's what rappers are, are essentially doing by always getting <laughs> shot. Like, boy, it's, it's crazy. Oh. Just go anywhere. And someone wear just, <laughs> someone's just going to roll up on you and just un- unload a Mac 10 on you. Better go get a oh. bulletproof vest. But I'm saying like younger rappers are pro- like ones, okay. like genuinely like ones that are on Twitch or Snapchat, like ones that are trying to appeal to younger people. I can see them mm-hmm. doing like a bang, bang energy drink type of deal. Like you, you, like your rappers that are more nerdy, like the ones that are into like dragon ball and, and, and they, okay. they play like call of duty, like those type of rappers, not the ones that sh- shoot Megan the stallion. Like, oh, gosh, no. Yeah. Like, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm sure there's like, like nerdier rappers that are, um, that are doing stuff like that. Probably. But there was like a a thing recently now that you've mentioned Megan, the Megan, the stallion that like, she just, uh, uh, she's back on like Instagram again. It's like for the first time since, uh, the whole, uh, getting shot thing. I I don't know what type of deal it was, but it was like, it was like newsworthy apparently in those circles. It's so, it's so weird that that's news. I I have seen that (laughs) like with all the, like literally we're, well, not just that thing specifically, but I, I I saw one like, like Selena Gomez did something. I, I can't remember what it was. Something, something yeah. silly, but like, I was like, why, why is this news? Like we're like literally 
on the cusp of World War Three. <laughs> and, and like, why is this newsworthy? Like, with, and we're not the target for that. Like, we don't. Y- why right. are we being aware of this? Like, <laughs> it makes no sense. But um, so when I started thinking of like the the sports stuff with those those causes and then like the musicians, I was like, okay, I, I saw this thing and it was like. Um, was actually Drake said it and he he says like damn I swear sports and music are so synonymous because we want to be them and they want to be us so I came across this article um from OK player it says the 15 best rap songs from NBA players and it starts off with uh from Hall of Famers like LeBron James and Allen Iverson to bench players like Lance Stevenson and Lou Williams here are the best rap songs created by NBA players but before that I was like, Lou Williams, and he's on the Clippers, or he was. Now, is this um, when you want he, me to want me to click the article now to get ready? Yeah, so okay. so if you do me a favor, Lou Williams, he, uh, if you look up Lou Williams Chicken or Lou Williams Chicken Wings, there's some good, there's some good, li- I think there's going to be a good live react for you. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going on the internet. Lou Williams Chicken. And now, before, to, to set this all up for the audience. Uh, he told DJ told me Lou Williams. He he's still playing in the NBA, correct? Yeah, he is. Okay, yeah. He, so I, I assumed when he brought it up, this was a guy from the '90s because this seemed to be a trend in the '90s that that these these sports stars yes. were all they were rapping. So I assumed that this was just part of that. And he said he oh he got arrested, and I said of course he did. And then oh he didn't get arrested. I just said he had a controversy. Oh, he had, a, con- he had a controversy. Yeah. yeah, and I and I and I okay. I just assumed he got arrested, and I assumed he got arrested for either it's really selling funny. drugs or shooting someone. So now Lou Williams chicken. Let's find and, out. Um, Lou Williams did. Magic City Wings. This one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Lou are apparently totally worth it. What? This is it. Yeah. So so okay. I'll set it up. So in 2020, the NBA was. Um, Conducting their business in a bubble. Magic City so Strip Club. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go on. Making sure I'm I'm on the right place. No, you are. You are. Okay, so okay. the NBA was in a bubble, and you weren't allowed to leave. But he got special permission to leave because his grandfather died, and that's terrible. So he had to go oh, yeah, to Atlanta, and at the time they were in Orlando. He goes. So what he does is he goes uh, after the funeral. He goes to a strip club and posts a picture of. The Lou Williams chicken wings, because he has chicken wings at the strip club. And everyone got so mad. I think he got suspended from the league because you were supposed to. You got special, you know, um, uh, admittance to go out to, to go to this funeral that no one could leave this bubble for. And then you're at the strip club and he, he was essentially promoting his chicken wings. <laughs> so Charles Barkley had like a field day giving him... Uh, uh, like new um nicknames. <laughs> it's like really funny. <laughs> Charles Barkley Chicken Wing Williams. Yeah, uh, Sweet yeah. Lou Wings. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. and it, it goes to say, like with these celebrities, they don't have any awareness of, of what they're doing. Like he didn't think this was a bad idea to be like, "Hey, I'm at a strip club. <laughs> what I'm supposed to be at." Once you, once you start rapping, like you, you forget about what isn't, isn't a good idea. And he was 33 years old. It's not like a kid at the time. So now he's what? 35, 36. Okay. So, um, have you heard of, I think it's called 
toxic plasmosis or toxioplasmosis? Uh, I don't think so. So this is, this is some kind of virus that gets into your brain, apparently from being around, um, uh, cat feces. You know what? I actually, I know someone who's gotten that. Yeah. So yeah. And apparently what it does really sick. Well, apparently what it does is it, it, it kind of inhibits your brain uh, from like making bad or from making like um a risk averse decisions like rational thinking rationally yeah so. you'll be like i'm gonna go ride the motorcycle i don't have time to look for my helmet <laughs> like i gotta be somewhere in 20 minutes i gotta speed this up like like apparently it has that effect on your brain like it, it makes wow, it makes okay. you more prone to 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 making impulsive decisions so maybe all these these rappers maybe they're all they all just have toxioplasmosis they could i mean there's definitely a like lack that's, of impulse that, control. that's that's part of of the record contract is it's like here i need you to change this huge litter box well it's kind of like with the nfl players and having cte they're like well that's why the guy freaked out on the airplane or or, or uh you know beat his wife or whatever is because well he or got hit in the uh, head too many times yeah like, or remember the and the pro wrestler uh chris, chris benoit. benoit yeah oh yeah it was like a bad that, one yeah, yeah that's family yeah because yeah, that good. that was probably because i know they said drugs well, they said were that was the steroids i think right yeah. but that was probably in combination Cocaine. with the cte sure yeah, because because uh, so I I I know a guy who's he's done steroids for a few years, and a family of mine, a family member of mine, started doing steroids uh, uh, after he turned forty, and um, it doesn't really cause problems. Sure, it you are uh, more prone to rage, but like you don't just get angry for no reason. Je- from what I've seen. Like people on steroids, the problem isn't steroids. It's the steroids combined with cocaine and alcohol and mm-hmm. Percocets and whatever. And, and I'm sure that combined with CTE also does something like you have heightened aggression plus like the part of your brain that says, you know, don't murder your right. family is, is shut and down. If, and if you have a bad day on top of all those things, you're going to snap. Yeah, yeah, like because you know, because we've all we've all been irritable. You like handle it. You just have a bad day, and then someone just says something. And you're just like, get out of here, dude! Shut up! It's like, what did I do? You wake, but you just you wake you know, up you, and you wake up and your YouTube account is gone. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you just wake up, your YouTube <laughs> account is deleted for like because they said apparently we don't allow Nigerian princes like you to yes. to to sell gold. To, you didn't you didn't ask for enough money people. to donate. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have uh, thumbnails with my, my mouth open wide and saying like this. This man made fifty five thousand dollars a day by sleeping in his mom's garage. Find out how. <laughs> that that's what you have to do now. Gosh, dang it! That was upsetting. But anyway, um, back back to these rapper uh, basketball players. Did you just want to talk yeah. about Lou Williams or do you want to go through um, just these rappers in general? Because <laughs> there's a funny one. Did you see this Lance Stevenson one? Lance Stevenson is, he is like a, 
See now, that? now, and I also want to set this up um, for yeah. those of you who don't know. I don't, I don't, I stopped following sports in the late nineties. DJ didn't, so DJ he probably like knows who all these people are. So I don't know, like as a listener, it, maybe you do or do not know who these people are. It's very, it's possible. No. But DJ could fill in is some of the blanks. Like this one, Gary Payton. I remember Gary Payton because that <laughs> yeah, was from who? the 90s. Yeah. Or even Chris Weber probably might remember him. I remember possibly. Chris Weber. But Lance Stevenson. Was he on the Pacers? Looked, uh, Weber? He was on the Kings. Back in oh, Kings. Kings. You're thinking of Reggie Miller. I was thinking of Reggie Miller, yeah. He had those <laughs> big, thick Lance goggles. <laughs> was that him? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure he, he wore like eye protection. Yeah, LeBron James and Kevin Durant in 2011. It ain't easy. Yeah, see, some of these, like, but well, uh, Lance, he's on the Lan- court, but Lance, Lance, yeah, Lance Stevenson's name is just funny. Yeah, Chris Weber and Corrupt, because Corrupt was one of those nineties. Uh, uh, I, I want to say he was. Is the song was "Where I Want to Be" or maybe he was on Regulator. I don't know. Because he was one of those guys that was always kind of hanging around, but he was never a star on his own. But the song is called well, Gangsta Gangsta. So it's a basketball <laughs> player s- singing a song called Gangsta Gangsta. Well, and it's funny. So they say the latest NBA player seen to be experimenting in hip hop is future Hall of Famer Steph Curry. I knew you were going to say Steph Curry once you said future <laughs> Hall of Famer because that, that's just like the, the only current <laughs> basketball player I know because he's like, isn't he like the best shooter right now? Chef Curry. Chef Curry. Yeah, but he always hurts his ankles. Yeah, well, he needs to work on that. I don't think it's getting better the older you get. I think it does. It's all about the footwork, really? No. If <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lance Stevenson, he looks like like a rapper. <laughs> like he should be a rapper. Well, and we haven't said the name of the song. It's called Hot no, N with a with a few uh, uh, asterisks uh, after it. I don't know what what if it's like Hot oh. N star 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 star, and it's you know it's like symbolic. Like it's done in wingdings or if that's some kind of sensor, but that's what yeah. it says. I haven't listened to the song, but hot N asterisk, 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 asterisk. That's what the song is <laughs> titled here. That's from 2014. But it, it says most of his lyrics are basketball related. <laughs> I mean, that I song that could possibly be. be basketball related. Maybe it's hot NBA or maybe, maybe that's what it stands for. And uh, it says, however, the diversity the NBA vet keeps throughout his lyrics makes it not seem overbearing. Oh, it's good. He's got diversity in it. Well, diversity is our strength is what I hear. I believe it's a, uh, an old wooden ship from the civil war era. I believe diversity. There's a ship called diversity. Have you not seen Anchorman? Um, it's been it's been a while. I I probably haven't seen it since it came out. Like I saw it in theaters, and I think that was it. Uh, well, I know you. Uh, I know you love that movie. You you quote it. Like you, if you didn't quote it, I would have forgotten about that movie long ago. <laughs> that and the Austin you've Powers quote, movies. <laughs> you've quote, well, I like the Austin Powers movies, except for the third one, which you like for uh, some reason. But I do like that one. You've quoted <laughs> Anchorman on the show. Have I? Yes, when we were talking about Lizzo, you said Yaz flute. Oh yeah, yeah, I did say that. 
yeah, and, and I asked someone about, uh, I asked an actual, like, orchestral flautist, like, is Lizzo good? And they said, all she does is she plays one note, and then she just goes like, <laughs> like, all, like, that's all, out like, of breath. Well, probably, but I mean, she's not like going like, she's just going like, it would be like the equivalent of someone just like doing like a trill on a guitar going like, and someone be like, wow, they're really good at guitar. It's like, no, they're just, they're just moving one finger up and down over and over. It doesn't take any talent, but anyway, back, back to these basketball players. I like this one. Gary Payton living legal and large. Living legal, at least it's legal. That yeah. that's the opposite of of most uh, of these rappers. Barely and I like the album cover. It's just like a like a pastel, like early nineties, three um, D paint art uh, image. It's just him in his uh, Supersonics jersey. Are the Supersonics still a team? It's not a team no. anymore, right? No, they're the Oklahoma City Thunder now. That's have stupid. been for kind of a while. That doesn't make any sense. Thunder from down under. Are you um? Are you aware of uh the balls? The ball family. Uh, the ball, ball, Lonzo Ball. Yes, uh, yes, I yes. The Angelo. I I, <laughs> I know. Really? I I'm okay. only through people talking about them. I know the dad is like a like some kind yes. of like circus clown essentially. Oh, he's the best. I think he's great because he's like, oh yeah, like I I could still beat Michael Jordan one on one. Like I'll do it right now. He's did like, he have, Did he play Michael Jordan in his prime? <laughs> did he play professional? I'm not. I think he might have, but he's actually gotten a few of his kids uh, into the professional. I, mean, I, made, I, I know, um, I know, Lonzo Ball played for the Lakers, right, or still does. No, he got traded to the well, okay, New Orleans he, Pelican, but, but he did play but, for the for the Lakers. He right? did. He got drafted so much higher than he should have, and it was just because of his dad, like talking oh, him up. But he, but funny. the dad made like his sixteen year old. So his dad. Live so in, would like, you Lithuania for so like would a year? You, so would you say his dad is an influencer? I think he's a a uh, a great supporter. Yeah. No, or, he's he's an influencer or a, <laughs> or a charlatan. <laughs> Have you ever heard him talk? It's pretty funty. No, I I I've I've not. I that's I just, Levar, not Lonzo. Let's see, it's Lonzo, Leangelo, Lamelo. Who else is there? It's a lot of names. Yeah, well, Lonzo wasn't he the one oh, he played for the Lakers, right? Yeah, he did. I think he still plays, but he. Uh, so he came up with the song Lonzo Ball and DC the Don Free Smoke in 2017 and that's when he was like at his peak there it uh, is Lonzo it? Ball and DC the Don uh, there, LeVar, yeah, LeVar Ball there making go. fun of Nas that's funny yeah that's kind of funny yeah they had some like Facebook uh TV series? Does that even make sense? I don't even know how to explain that. Okay, now this this next one, um, yeah. So it's it's just like the the equivalent of like the Kardashians. Like oh, okay. they're it's just like a, a bunch of freaks for for, <laughs> for the the sake of argument, uh, and that they're just they're just paraded in front of you, just for you to look at. It's it's like no different than the people from Jersey Shore. It's it's really ridiculous. Well, but this next one I find a little more um, um, endearing. 
this uh, Kyrie okay. Irving and, and lunch money Lewis Kyrie. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so that that was a thing, Uncle Drew. So before that was a movie, wasn't that like a series of sketches? Uncle Drew. I you don't remember so. Uncle Drew? It was like it was like some basketball player in old man makeup. And they made a movie that had a bunch of old, yeah, and it had a bunch of old basketball players in it. Like, can't remember who they were, but they were like basketball players that were superstars in the '90s, and then they've now kind of become memes, essentially. Huh. See, like this is like one time we're talking about rap that doesn't involve like stabbings and like yeah. rape, <laughs> right? Not that these all, all, not that all of these people are good people. Because these sports stars, I guess, would have too much to lose. Or, or I, I think they, they, they probably athletes. have handlers that yeah, make yeah, sure I mean, that they don't do anything too stupid. Like, they probably... Let get too wild. Yeah, <laughs> that, well, I... I and, and, you know, and I'll say this. Like, we were talking before. Um, I, I have very little respect for sports athletes. Uh, they all act like babies. They're constantly asking for more money. They're way, they're paid way too high for how destructive of personalities Mm, they pretty much are. And I remember I had this conversation with someone and, um, and he was saying like, well, they earn their money because they work so hard. Like you couldn't play like that. But if my, I think most people, not most people, um, but a lot of people could get to that level. If you were given that treatment, like if you were allowed, cause a lot, like wasn't LeBron James, like driving Hummers in high school. Yeah. Like he was drafted right out of high school. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. If, if you, if you pamper someone like, sure, he's a little different. Cause you know, he's like six, seven, six, eight or something, you know, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to be that size. He was but, like 15. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you can, you could train you could probably have like a nation of like spartans like you just like from birth you you just train them to be athletes just pick something like someone's tall it's base or basketball you know someone's wide football they have long legs or soccer like you you could find something for someone to do and and these athletes their job is essentially training. Like if, if you, if you, like you could train me to, to be something like, I I mean, I, I have some athleticism, you know, maybe not a lot, but I have some, but if you were given me my own trainer, my own chef, my own masseuse, my own whatever therapist, give you a million dollars a year for, for training and taking care of your body. Like that's what living LeBron and like Tom Brady were spending. more than a million like, a year. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Like imagine yeah, I like, get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. You, you get like 20 million a year to, to hang out at the gym and then occasionally play uh sports with your friends at one, uh, a few nights a week. How many, how many games do the NBA play a year? They play um, 82. Yeah, because I know it's not as much as baseball or hockey. Yeah, baseball is 162. Right, Football yeah. is now 17. Um, yeah. Football like is a little baseball- more, yeah, football is a little more understanding because you can't play that explosive of a game like that much. 
And you don't have a long shelf life in that. You know what I heard too? It was like, I hadn't listened to radio in a while or sports talk. I just turned it on and to hear them talking, of course they're talking about the Cowboys because that's America's team. That's, that's what gets ratings. Like every, I thought <laughs> the Patriots team. were America's team. No, they're not. Cause I know I they know. used to call the Cowboys America's team, but I thought after nine 11, the, the Patriots oh, became America's team. That, that would have been good, but no, well, they won, like they won like the Super Bowl that year. That is true. Or a well, role right after that. Obviously you know what's weird? Well, yeah. Go on. Like someone had said that, you know, the, the Yankees are like New York should do something special for September 11th during their games. And they don't do like home games or have a thing with that. I thought that was weird. That, uh, yeah, I can see that. What, what's the other uh, New York team? Is it the Mets? The Mets, the Metropolitans. Do they do that? I don't think so. Okay, well, but that was like a good thing. What okay, about what about that. the Knicks, the Knickerbockers? Yeah, no, I don't think they've been good since. Uh, well, I mean, Patrick doing Ewing something left. for nine eleven. I don't care about how good they are. They don't. Um, I don't like they're in season. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. what what about the Jets? They're not. They're oh, in New Jersey. Yes, they, they are. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in New Jersey, but they're the New York Jets, right? No. Yeah, but like for Fourth of July, they do like cool like flyovers, and like the uh, sports teams will actually have to contact the Department of Defense to like rent out like a fighter jet. Okay. Like that that that's kind of cool. Yeah, there's like a thing that you have to go about to actually rent like military equipment. To, uh, yeah, I to assume you can't just game. walk down to the army <laughs> surplus store and go check out a jet. Don't worry, I'll bring it back with a full tank of gas. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, he, he's qualified to fly that thing. He can do it. Yeah, why not? He's you know, he, arm anything. He's played. He's played enough flight uh, flight simulators. Ooh, oh, this one's good. Allen Iverson, aka Jules. Now, Al, Allen Iverson, he was kind of a like a criminal. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he lost all his money too. He wasn't. This isn't, too don't smart, don't I like like three quarters of them go bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause, cause not all of them a, are paid the big, the big, um, right. Uh, yeah, there was a LeBron James bucks, but still they, they're all way, they're pay, They're way overpaid, but there's they, they spend for more than they get. Called, yeah. Yeah. There's an ESPN 30 for 30 called broke. And it talks about all these guys that, uh, I mean, a lot of them and were partying too much oh, and they think oh, that you this, don't say. Like, like one guy was spending like 50 grand a month on like sheets for his bed. Oh yeah. I remember that. <laughs> like, you, you wonder why you ran out of money and you're not like related to royalty or something like. Uh, well, uh, but yeah, Alan Iverson and uh, I want to say people liked his music, but I mean, now here's the thing though. Um, Maybe at the time it was, it was more of a novelty because it was, um, better than the other stuff that was out and he was really popular at the time. Yes. So, so, so rap, rap hadn't taken over the, um, the music, the music industry. Now rap has been around forever. Like it's not like the nineties it wasn't all about rap. Like some people might think, but that was when it first started becoming the norm. 
Like when, when the nineties was, was kind of like a, a cultural dead zone where the, the, the fun, cool, like party stuff of the eighties was all gone. Now there's like washed, ugly, muted colors. The bands are preaching nihilism. Like e- even the bands that were singing about Satanism and dark, violent stuff mm-hmm. in the eighties, there was still, there was a little life to it. Where now those like the those those metal bands they stopped singing about Satan, but the stuff they started singing about was more depressing, and the songs really reflected that. And bands like Depeche Mode, which were like very upbeat and happy, even though like they have some darker stuff in the eighties, they went like full on like depressed mode in in the nineties and like Duran Duran stopped being hungry like the wolf. And, you know, then they had the wedding album, like all, all these bands, it just, it just stopped being hopeful and fun. And then rap had a little bit more energy. And Mm -hmm. while they were preaching nihilism elsewhere, people were just kind of accepting this dark alternative. And then, you know, these rappers, it's it's not like you know I said a hip hop a hip it a hip it a hip hip yeah. Bobby a don't stop bro. it's not like you, you know happy happy goofy partying stuff like we have like straight up like, gangsters <laughs> yeah well no we have yeah like now we have yeah. like gangsters like talking about dealing drugs and killing people mm. well, uh, even with this uh, Allen Iverson this is in two thousand well that's what I'm getting what I'm getting at okay. is there were a lot yeah. of rappers or a lot of basketball players that were getting into the rap game because rap mm-hmm. was starting to be accessible. Like, cause anyone can rap as we've said many times, right? It's, it just, anyone can do it. And, um, not anyone can do it well, but anyone can do it versus like, not everyone can play metal music, especially like drumming or solos. Right. But in any, it, like it, it, it takes no musical talent to rap. So a lot of NBA basketball players probably got into it. And it was still kind of primitive at the time. And it was pr- pro- a lot of it was, was probably really corny, really cringeworthy. Yeah. And then Allen Iverson probably came out cause he still had kind of a reputation as like a, a bad boy for basketball. Cause mm-hmm. that wasn't always the case. Like basketball wasn't known for being full of degenerates that that's like the last 20 years. And then That's his, true. and his rap is, is probably, it's a, a little edgier and it goes along with his persona. So they may have liked it for the novelty reasons, not because it was good. I don't know. Maybe it is, but I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical of, uh, I'm, I'm permanently skeptical of like people genuinely liking rap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I uh, just, that just is how my brain works. I don't, I, I think I go back to the warlord thing. I think less people like rap and more people like the, the image that comes with it and, uh, they relate to the lyrics. So go on now that I've got that out of the way. Well, it, it's kind of funny too, cause I'm reading into this and Alan Iverson even says about this, uh, album he released is that uh years later he details some regrets about the whole ordeal referring to it as that terrible album in a past interview but so um, well well hold to add to that um uh there are multiple lines referring to killing people as well as okay, homophobic yeah. and sexist lines throughout 
And that's why former NBA commissioner David Spurn publicly spoke out against Stern, the song. Not Spurn. Stern. Stern, Very like stern. you know, like Daniel Stern from um um the Wonder Years. Howard stern. <laughs> Wonder I stern. guess Howard Stern would have been more obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Iver- Iverson told Stern he would change the offensive lyrics on the song and album, but the album, which was supposed to be called nonfiction, was never released. But now, thanks to the wonders of YouTube, small yeah. creators can Alan upload Iverson can other people's have music. His songs uploaded. <laughs> yep. And, no and, the, and, and, the fu- and the thing I also want to point out is because this was all still kind of new as far as the 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 bad behavior from the the NBA star and in general, like rappers that, that sang about like drug dealing and killing, that was their image. Like their image was that of a gangster. And I do believe a lot of it was corporate and back to an earlier episode, uh, notorious B I G was like genuinely a drug dealer. Like he was a criminal. Tupac was not, he was, he was a communist operative that they, that they marketed as a gangster. Hmm. So this was still kind of a, a new thing. So David Stern coming out against it, he came out against it at the time where now like An- Andrew silver would never come out against something like this. Like this, cause this no. is, this is almost what's expected from, you know, we got, uh, what was that? Lance Stevenson. Was that his name? Lance hot, Stevenson, hot yeah. N asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> A few more asterisks, but yeah, we got, we got the message. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. They're not going to come out and say like, this is not what we want. This is not the message we want to send to the youth of today. Like that charade is it's, it's completely gone. So, like NBA basketball players and rappers. It's, it's the same deal. goodness yeah but go on back to iverson yeah and here's the thing but iverson he says he he regrets the album calling Mm -hmm. it a terrible rap album but like what's so terrible about it just like doja cat (laughs) well yeah well they're talking about the problem isn't like the the flow is bad the beats are terrible they're talking about the the lyrics essentially but I, i i genuinely ask like what's the difference between that and anything else that's released today, you know, like, um, like we've, we've done the, all, um, I can't remember the name now, but the drill rappers, like chopper these, with the chopper or something. Yeah. Yeah. Some chop, chopper, 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 chopper. <laughs> get to <laughs> the chopper. Smoke. pop smoke. Sure. Yeah. Pick, pick one. <laughs> there's, a, there's so, there's so many of them. There's so many. So yeah, he, and, and honestly, he wouldn't come out and disavow it if he had all of his money. Like if he no. was living large in his big, in his solid gold mansion with his <laughs> rocket car, he'd be like, yeah, I regret nothing. I'm, I'm a rock star. May he blew his money. Yeah. yeah and him. you brought up, you brought up Biggie and well, you know, we number one on this, yeah. list, this list, we got Shaquille O'Neal and the notorious B I G. You can't stop the rain. 1996. Which is, did, I guess he died that year. I was going to say, this come out after he died? Yeah, so the track uh, itself is nothing short of remarkable. Biggie is great, obviously, <laughs> but Shaq holds his own. Now, I'm going to say this uh, about Shaquille O'Neal. 
I I don't have anything negative to say about Shaquille O'Neal because he he is an entertaining, like charming personality. Like he he plays oaf pretty well, but he doesn't actually seem like a giant dummy. He he seems to be not you know not business mogul almost. Yeah, well he like he's not like a super genius, but he's not. He just comes off like kind of a. Did you ever see the Princess Bride? Yes. He kind of comes he's off like, like, like Andre, Andre, the, Andre the Giant's character from no. that. Like he, oh. he just kind of comes off as like like a like a big like oh lovable oaf. Oh, I can't believe you just called him that. Well, that's, that's basically funny. how well that's how he does come off and I think that's been his his marketing gimmick. Like he he's just kind of like I mean, he, probably he's right. He's like a lovable oaf. Like, uh, th- there was one of the scary movies. It was like one of the really bad ones. Like the only funny part, is, it's like Dr. Phil and Shaq are like in the saw game. And, like Shaq has to make oh. a free throw. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. He can, like laugh at himself. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I was getting at. Is, Him and Charles he, Barkley together are pretty funny on like the TNT, uh, like pregame or postgame shows. They're, well, I was going to say Sha- Shaq has some self-depreciating humor which yeah. is um which is endearing it's 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 fun to to see someone like that and he has he has humility about himself he is pretty he's pretty funny um uh, and he is responsible for Shaq Fu which is one like the worst game of all time which <laughs> is pretty Fu. funny yeah it's like Shaq is like fight fight it's like a fighting game where you can play as like Shaq like a mummy or like a, a Dracula. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the silliest thing. It's so silly. Yeah. And, and then he had the, he had a string of rap albums, Shaq diesel. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that in record stores too. Certified platinum. Look at that. Yeah. yeah so I, he's just a winner. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Shaq, Shaq is like the only basketball player. I have nothing really bad to say about. Like Char- Charles Barkley is amusing, but Charles Barkley is also a degenerate. <laughs> like Michael Jordan well, is like a degenerate gambler, even though well, like, they say they're he, gamblers. They like lose. Well, like well Charles Barkley's also like a like a drug addict. Is he? Yeah, dude, he's been busted multiple times in drugs. No way. Yes, like, and not even like, you know, not I even like he drugs? did it in 1988. Well, it was the, I mean, it was cocaine. Like, what do you define as the oh, good okay. drug? I mean, he wasn't doing like, like meth in like, uh, like Honduras or something. Rebasing. <laughs> yeah, you, he wasn't inhaling. Um, um, he's a cokehead. I didn't know that. What is the? Um, well, he's rich, so you know, <laughs> got money. Use it. What? What was? What was Tally inhaling? He's like, uh, I feel like I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> the, uh, it was like I air. Mean, d- I think it was oh, compressed air or something. No, I think it was com- just compressed air. <laughs> compressed air. Yeah. Yeah. So Charles Barkley, you know, he's not doing compressed air. I don't know if he's still doing drugs, but he, he, he was like speeding and flying high on cocaine and got arrested. <laughs> in, 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 I want to say, uh, I want to say it was either Arizona or Nevada. Okay. So he doesn't like San Antonio or at least he doesn't like the big old women in San Antonio. Yeah. But you know, it, yeah, that, that's you not something that I, that's not something I hold against him. Have you heard that bit he does? No. 
No. <laughs> He'll go on for like 11 minutes. I think there's like a compilation video of him talking about the big old women in San Antonio. I like and he got in trouble and no longer, he can no longer like refer to women as big old women from San Antonio now. Why, why not? He got in trouble from the, well, how the did network. He get, how do he, he got in trouble for being, saying he's being, big he's old being women? Yeah. Well, you know what they got in San Antonio, them big old women. <laughs> he can't but yeah, but he, he didn't, he didn't. And then Shaq. And then that Shaq is like the laughed. nicest way to, 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 to address them. Yeah, like, that's all he that says. That is the a PC big old term. San Antonio. Big old so women. Weird. Like he didn't say that they were fat. Like what if they're like eight feet tall? What if that's where the yeah. Amazons are? They relocated yeah. to San Antonio. You know, you got those big old women, you know, you got these no. nine foot de- descendants of, of uh, Hera or wherever they come from. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Greek mythology, but I know the Amazons are descended from some God or goddess, or I, I suppose. Athena, maybe. I don't know. But maybe that's what they're saying. Antone, you got them big old women. You got these nine, nine foot tall Valkyries. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I hate pretty good. You know, you you know something, it finally happened. You know, you hope and you pray and you got to talk about sports. I did. You've been wanting to do it forever. It took six months. (laughs) It took the sports I wanted to. It doesn't matter. You you got got it. We got it with music. Well, let's go over to this 26 athletes who are also musicians. Because oh, okay. there's some funny ones in here. Yeah, it's funny because I said Deion Sanders when you said that, and then yeah. he's here on this list. Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't look at this list. That was just the only one I remember. Well, yeah, well, I, I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, because prime time, right? Yeah, because I remember that he was he was like a he was on the Cowboys and he was ex- he was super mm-hmm. fast, and then he became a baseball player. Yeah. And then he started uh, rapping after that. That was just the one thing I remember. Now, now he's the coach of uh, like Colorado State, and he's like turning them into like a good program after they were like the laughing stock of like the Colorado State College. Yeah. Okay. It's like I, I, he's, I like an, he's like a like like an old fashioned guy now. Like I don't respect. You got to work hard, guys. And you're like, wait, that's the same Dion that we remember from the 90s? I, yeah, was he a, was he not like that? I don't know anything about him. I just remember he no, did those so things. Like, he, he went, I forgot what team he was on. He was, he was on the Cowboys. Oh, no, I don't know about that. Baseball, Is it the Cubs? But I think, uh, I don't know, but I remember a story. I think he was playing like the Yankees, and he gets into the batter's box. Yeah, he's he the Yankees, the Braves, the Reds, and the Giants. <laughs> Yeah, so he draws um like on his uh, bat a money sign. No, like in the batter's box with his bat. Yeah, oh, okay. and then like I think the catcher or whatever tried to fight him or something like that. But that's kind of like his attitude back then. Kind of obviously he had a chip on his shoulder. On his shoulder, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very popular I mean, those days. Your nickname, Prime Time. So I mean, that's yeah and but yeah but uh, there were some other people that i wanted to get to not just the rappers there's some really funny ones like oscar de la hoya (laughs) he's terrible yeah um (laughs) and i because if you if you look at the if you look at the cover you you look if you look at the cover of his album like it does really look like the cover or or like mark anthony like Enrique oh, Iglesias. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah that's, what it, that's what it looks like. That's that's what I'm imagining it. Like, not Ricky Martin, where it's like, you know, like spicy up the dance music. I was thinking like more slow, like Latin R&B. That's what it looks like. 
or uh you know that you know that that song it's like the i am barely breathing uh i am barely breathing yeah yeah that's that's what i'm expecting his music to sound like and guess what nominated for a grammy (laughs) is it in english i don't know it I, I i was i was looking for information on this it says oscar de la hoya yeah so it, it's because it's telling me stuff about his sports career and okay so uh i just want to find where out he about graduated the high school he's 50 years old who cares where he graduated high school yeah, yeah i just want to know about his crappy band because because yeah. you look at it and, and some of it, it it's like obviously like you look at what Shaq is wearing it's like clearly it's rapping Manny Pacquiao. I don't know what kind of music they listen to in the Philippines, but I know he's also like a senator there. He yeah, he is like, he is like yeah. extremely well regarded in the Philippines. Like he might as yeah. well be the king. Yeah, if you're like if you get some award for like citizen of the year, it's like the Manny Pacquiao award or something. Yeah, that makes sense. But I just want to know about the crappy music. I don't I don't want like it, it the album is athletes are all also musicians, but it's just telling me about, uh, their sports career. I don't care about their sports career. I want to know about the crappy music. Like John McEnroe. Yes. Apparently got lessons from like, uh, Eddie Van Halen and Eric Clapton. That that's a, like, seems like a pretty big deal. But again, I want to, yeah, I want to hear, uh, his crappy music too. Cause I'm sure it yeah. is. And Will like, Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, 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 geez. He's on the list. <laughs> it says he was a radio DJ. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're counting that as a, a, as a musician. Like this one's funny. Roy Jones Jr. Do you know who that is? Yeah, oh, he's a boxer. He's a boxer. But like, yeah, you see the album he's wearing. It looks like, a, like a, great. yeah, it looks like he's wearing a bulletproof vest, like a do rag like and like gold chains. Yeah, that's what I thought. It does look like Fifty Cent. <laughs> yeah, so he rapped with the group Body Headbangers, which is a really weird name. Now, here's a good one, Mike Piazza. <laughs> he's featured so, on uh, the album Stronger Than Death by Black Label Society. <laughs> what? <laughs> So I remember when I was a kid, I had a Mike Piazza card, or maybe it was like a some type of like I don't know flip book or something, and it was like an interview with Mike Piazza, and it was like, "What would you do if you weren't like playing baseball or a major league?" He's like, "Oh, I'd be a drummer." So that oh. when I saw this, I was like, "Wait a minute, did that really happen?" I don't remember. I don't know why I remember that. I was like, I was like child or whatever, a kid. Well, I mean, it's like me remembering that. the Megadeth thing. It's like, yeah, it, that, it's that it's in your brain. All that stuff that you've ever learned is in there. You just need something it, to activate it. Yeah. Some people turn to drugs, but we don't do that here. No, no, we turn my, to hugs. My, <laughs> my yeah. favorite is uh, if you scroll down, we don't have to go over it now. But is is Bronson Arroyo because he covered um, a Foo Fighters song, The Everlong, but he looks like such a doofus and like he he has cornrows in the picture <laughs> I'm, I'm look i'm looking for it i see mike <laughs> reed and there. doug flutie oh bronson arroyo oh doug, my gosh oh god he threw a no hitter <laughs> with the red Sox. i think it was with the red Sox. i think he got traded to the phillies says but he boston won, like, red uh, Sox and the cincinnati reds and then the uh, reds yeah, that's right and the reds again so something red either way something red yeah through a perfect red. game with someone red 
Yeah, he does not look cool. No. No, and he had like a weird funky leg kick. He just looks stupid all the time. He's like yeah. he's like the kid rock of baseball. That's what yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> that like literally. And then uh Brandon Webb from the D Bags. Yeah. Oh D Bags. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it, it's it's unfortunate that it does like here's a good one. Denny McLean. Born in nineteen forty four. He's still alive. It does okay. suck that this this article's not as good as the last one with like all the rappers no. in basketball where it, there was a link to the songs. But here yeah, it just it just says oh by yeah it's like oh by the way they also did this uh, this but this guy here Darren McCarty looks like he might be on the Red Wings. Yeah, retired mm-hmm. ice hockey best known for the Detroit Red Wings. It, his band Grinder plays across the Midwest. Grindr. So at least it tells us his band's name, yeah. but it doesn't tell us the genre. Now, a lot of these guys, they're, they're, you know, you can assume just what, what they look like, probably rap. Um, but yeah, oh, okay. Matt Bryan. Okay, so, so do you remember Bernie Williams? Cause he used to play for the Yankees in the nineties. No, okay. I saw him on he here, but say, I don't remember. Him. He said he's a classically trained guitarist and he's collaborated with such artists such as Bruce Springsteen. I don't know who these people are. John Cicada and Bella Fleck. But he's a ben a- I know Ben Affleck. Guitar. Yeah. He was on an oh, episode yeah. of South Park. Two yeah, episodes. The the wrong one. Was he on two? He well, he was the one. A member of the uh, the butt face people. <laughs> he was their, their son. son. <laughs> oh, now I see the uh, the resemblance. That's where Cartman like hits his funny bone or whatever. He He's blew like, a, I've he seen blew the a funny. Thing he blew a where, funny. Where uh, Kenny dresses for picture day. My my, he's got a brown uh, eye. <laughs> The funniest part of that episode, it's my, it's my, my, one of my favorite Cartman moments. It's a similar thing. Like he's writing his, like, oh, it seems like a suicide note. Then he puts a gun in his mouth and he just takes a bite and says, please, or PS, buy more chocolate guns. I'm almost out. I like the ones with marshmallow, not the ones with peanut butter as much. It just he puts Ew. a gun in his mouth. He just eats it. <laughs> What's that have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah, this guy, Bernie Williams. I don't remember this guy. I wish Bernie. we could hear it. This art, this yeah, website sucks. Oh, he yeah, was nominated. Hold that. on, he was nominated for a Latin Grammy in two thousand nine. All of these people wow. were like nominated for like, Grammy. Yeah, now this <laughs> guy, Piazza. now this one, like this guy, uh, Wayman Tisdale. I don't know who he is. He was in the, I guess he was in a basketball player, but you look at his cover and like this, this also, he looks like, like Ruben stuttered. Do you remember that guy? <laughs> the old runner up of uh, American Idol. Did, I thought he won. I, was he the runner up? I, I don't remember. He was I, a runner up. But he still I don't got know. A deal. Maybe he did win. Yeah. I don't know. I I thought he won. I don't know. I don't famous. remember. Dude, that was you a might, long time ago. Right. That was like the first or second like one. The it was second a long season. Time ago. Yeah, it yeah. was Justin when Justin met Kelly, right? That was Kelly Clarkson was the first one. I'm guessing that Justin guy was the the runner up. So yeah, Ruben stuttered. It was yeah. him and Clay Aiken, right? You're right. Yeah, that's who uh, yeah. I don't remember who won, but so maybe Clay Aiken won because Clay Aiken seemed like he was he more won. popular. I don't think he did. 
he seemed more popular than Ruben stuttered. So maybe that's why I'm now thinking Clay Aiken won, but I don't know. But this guy, Wayman Tisdale, that's what he looks like. But this guy, this guy is not alive anymore. 64 to 2009, died pretty young. But yeah, Mm. uh, apparently jazz bassist with eight albums under his belt. Like if I saw that this guy, yeah, if you look at this cover and you're like, this guy plays jazz, like, oh, of course he does. But like, it looks like a Ruben stuttered album cover, but I guess it's bass. Like if you ever see those, like, um, <laughs> those old, like bass cover like, or album arts, like Kenny G or whatever, it all, it always, it has, it has that, that look it, gosh, jazz, jazz sucks. But uh, a lot of these, these jazz artists, their albums are all the same. Like, like maybe they have like a fedora on, but it's like turned down and they look like they're like kind of smiling, like that kind of stuff. Like they're, they're re- really, really simple. Uh, whatever there it doesn't matter but that's what this <laughs> they all look the same <laughs> yeah like they they're like trying to make themselves look like affable because their their music is extremely boring so like how do you lure people in it's not like like progressive rock album covers where there's a lot going on and it, it draws you in but the music kind of reflects that where there's there is a lot going on musically so these Have you- jazz covers are just like <laughs> I've actually heard something about like either rappers or like R and B artists, and it has to do with like, have you ever seen, you know, think of some artists that like are looking away from like the Faith album plus cover. one. <laughs> okay, yeah, but do you know why why they do that? Uh, the only reason I have is Cartman's explanation. So give me the real reason. The real reason is because the person is ugly. And they can't show their face of someone okay. like, like, like Jeremiah, he's a rapper and every, like everyone knows he's like an ugly, ugly person. So every album cover he's looking away. So I'm thinking like, wow, that actually like, they've have to have known this for a while. So if you think yeah, about it's market, people, marketing, marketing, yeah, sure. Marketing, like, oh goodness, look at that. <laughs> Put a paper bag on. But I thought that was funny. And I found that out through someone talking about like R R Airbnb and the rap, especially Jeremiah. <laughs> is Jer- Jeremiah? Um, is it like G E R E M I H? That guy? That's J E R M I H. Yeah, because I was looking at him like I don't know. He kind of looks like Puff Daddy to me. Really? Yeah, but then again, I guess he's not looking directly. I don't know. He's got yeah. big sunglasses on. Unless, unless it's oh, like yeah, another no guy, unless it's another guy that, that, and this guy is just someone else. But yeah, I, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. Cause it's, it's all about marketing. Cause if, if someone mm-hmm. is really attractive, like, uh, like when Britney Spears came out, like there was like a big deal about marketing her based on her looks. And yeah. they, they used to do that for a lot of really good looking people. And if they're not good looking, they have to do stuff to. Cause you have to sell the artist, but if you can't sell them on their looks, you have to find a way to, to get around that. But let's, uh, let's, let's go to break. What, what song do you have for us? So we got a cool one this week. Um, well, we're going to do a band called terminal dusk and we're going to play marionette. So terminal dusk is a Portland, Oregon-based female-fronted symphonic metal act with guitar-driven brutality and the sweeping grandeur of classical music formed by multi-instrumentalist and songwriter Matt Belmore during the beginning of the pandemic as a studio project. Terminal Dusk had many, many setbacks in finding the best and most dedicated singer, and Matt finally found Charlotte 
Bickler, a classically trained singer. So hope you guys enjoy listening to Terminal Dusk. So check out Terminal Dusk, Marionette. And that was Marionette by Terminal Dusk. Check it out. Check them out. It's all, all, all good stuff. And I wanted to, to circle back to something that we brought up in like a very, very early episode. I don't know, like first, maybe second, third, very early episode. And it was 
Dave Lombardo's rights of percussion. Now oh, yes. I, 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 I promised I would listen to it and I did, and I didn't have much to say about it at the time, but it popped you up and it will. Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't dislike it. Like I did. I didn't. I no, I, no, I, yeah, I was just like, I don't really care. Um, yeah. but it popped up in my feed recently and I noticed something that I don't think I noticed before. It was put out by Ipecac records. Does that mean anything to you? It doesn't. Okay. So Ipecac records, that is, um, Mike Patton's label and Ipecac put out the kids of Whitney high. Have you ever heard of that? It sounds familiar. Have you ever seen the movie, the ringer? <laughs> yes. Do With you remember? Knoxville? Yes. Do you remember the band from it? That they it, had them play like you scratched my CD. Yes. That, that is the, what, that is the kids oh, of Whitney High. The kids of Whitney High. That's right. Come they on. are also on Ipecac recording. <laughs> okay. The so kids of Whitney high. <laughs> yes. And the kids of Whitney high is a, is a group of special needs students and their, their teachers help them write all their songs and they, they, they perform it and they sing it. It's, it is pretty endearing like okay. from, from yeah. our perspective, but Mike right. Patton is a very strange person and I don't think he is a genuine guy and right. I don't necessarily think he's making fun of these people, but he is he is like one of the premier avant-garde uh, avant artists uh, of the last 30, 40 years. And he, he is almost like a modern day Frank Zappa uh, uh, foresh foreshadowing. Shadow. Yeah. So I, I don't think that he thought, you know, yeah, this is, this is going to be good stuff. Dave Lombardo put out an album of just, drums and and ominous tones noises i think ominous, he dark he, and ominous yes can you say dixical <laughs> I, I did like that one that one's pretty funny <laughs> or but, they found it on the ac unit or whatever yes <laughs> <laughs> so forgetting sarah marshall reference i met i met her uh i used to work for a teleprompting business and she was one of the clients they even tell us like who Kristen was, Bell uh, Kristen Bell yeah I met her was she, she nice was really cool oh good yeah. for her well that, that's always yeah, good she, to she hear was, she was serving, she was doing um doing a PBS commercial for uh um for PVC like a, I hope like PB yeah well, I don't know for like a dog commercial for like save a dog or whatever Oh yeah, whatever. And her dog was like acting up, and she's like, the guy was like, "Oh, would it be better if the dog had like treats?" And she she used the f word and said, "Yeah, pretty cool." <laughs> but I didn't know who she was when she walked in. Like, wait, that's the girl from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Is that Sarah Marshall? Yeah. I'm like, oh crap. But anyway, uh, back back Anywho. to this. I I think that um, that Mike Patton just like he likes weird stuff. So I, I think that Dave Lombardo it thing, it exists for two reasons. One, Dave, Dave Lombardo is good enough that putting his name on something is, is probably en enough for people to be like, Ooh, Dave Lombardo. But right. Mike Patton is weird enough that he would think that experimental drums 
is is not out in the ether, so he has to be the one to put it out. So that's all I wanted to to say on that. Is I just saw that it was done by Ipecac Records, and I thought, oh yeah, well, I know th- I I know Ipecac Records. Yes, it, uh, that let's say Phantomus started on there, but yeah, I I used to be a big fan of Mister Bungle. Uh, Mr. Bungle is, is weird. And I don't really like Mike Patton as a person. I, I, I think he, like when you think of like annoying art person, like he, he is that, yeah, I'm just not, not a fan of him, uh, personality wise, but I, I do like a lot of the music that he makes. Cause I don't generally like experimental music. I, I think you, you have to have a point like experimental movies and experimental music, just like putting stuff wherever, like whether it's the, the stuff that you put in front of a camera or the, the songs that you put down on a, on a track or whatever. It, it just, it has, it has to have some kind of order that, that I like, I like songs that have a traditional structure because the, the the human brain identifies it as pleasant sounding like it, it, like let's say um like Stradivarius you know you get it's nice simple songs Ver, versus like there was a Beavis and Butthead episode do you remember when they made um late night with Butthead like on this like the we're, the school camera yeah, and he hosted his like talk show, right? Yeah, and do you remember when, Where he stabs when, Beavis with in the, the eye? Floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when they did the actual thing, and then Butthead's like, uh, "And now here's Beavis," and then he's on the piano. It's like, Beaker, Beaker, <laughs> like that. Like you can't yeah. just you can't just do that and call it music. Now someone out there might be like, "Well, like who are you to say it's not music?" Uh, I'm I'm a human with a functioning brain. Like that's noise. Like anything could technically be music because everything follows, you know, some kind of scale structures as far as what the notes are like just oh, talking multi-track or, sound. Sure. Yeah. But like, um, uh, you, you could like hit rebar against each other. Oh, and that, oh, that's yeah. percussion. Like, oh, you could, uh, do uh, nails against a chalkboard. Oh, it's like a theremin. Like, oh, like you, like you can do whatever and just call it music, but it's, it's not. And I, I think there is a line when people say all art is subjective. There is a line when it, it's no longer art and, it, and it's, it's just nothing. It's, it's, and I, I think Mike Patton does that pretty well as far as like, this is musical art. Cause there's still, it's still following traditional sound structures like there is like a jazz influence there is a metal influence there's more art than that uh meredith monk that you brought up a while back well Mer- meredith monk <laughs> is that that's the line because because if you yeah. like you listen to the music it is it's clearly it is following standard structures but as far as what they're putting on screen it's it's nothing like when they're like beep 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 and the choreography is great yeah well and and again the choreography as stupid as it is it is they are still moving in sync to the beat oh yeah but 
at least there is there is something going on as far as the story that they're trying to convey or whatever they're saying because there's just random like splices of turtles uh, in like a miniature town it's 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 nonsense like what does it mean it doesn't mean anything now like musically the meredith monk thing i will say there is something like it isn't just people banging against a a, a piano calling it music it's the music is still uh, it's not good but it's not terrible it's still it's still music but the stuff that they put on screen is annoying and pretentious and obnoxious and it means nothing so that 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 is the uh Meredith Monk is not visually what Mike Patton is musically and uh, so yeah i just wanted to say that about rights of percussion uh-huh. All right. Now I, w- I wanted to talk about this Motley Crue thing. I, I linked to this, the how Motley Crue ruined their reputation forever. Did you see this? Yeah. You know what I saw after I saw that, I saw a video of, um, Tommy Lee, his, um, drums playing before he started actually playing them. Yep. And it was so, it's interesting that those things are popping up, but yeah, I did take a look at that article a little bit. Yeah. So the, the thing, the thing that was funny about it is at this point, like everything about Motley Crue is fake because Mick, Mick Mars came out and, and basically said, you know, that these, these people are, they're hucksters, they're, they're hack frauds, you know, they're not doing anything. It's all played to a tape and. And they they basically ousted uh, Mick Mars, and Mick Mars is almost solely responsible for their sound. Because mo- what what people think of as Motley Crue is the first two albums, specifically "Shout at the Devil." Mm-hmm. Like it, it is it it is like those traditional glam LA bands, but with a raunchier sound. Like they they don't have that like pristine like perfectly produced like wingers or uh slaughter sound it is a little edgier the songs have a little bit more bite to them like the first the first two motley crew albums are solid rock and roll albums like that 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 is classic rock and roll motley crew is essentially big because of their reputation not not for their songs like sure they were heavily promoted and, and that was a time when a lot of these out uh these record companies were like sign as many people as you can and true them up and spit them out and then we'll move on to the next thing and motley crew somewhat lasted because there's a few bands from that era that they they stood the test of time somehow and motley crew somehow was one of them and it's kind of crazy with Motley Crue because that was a band with the exception of a small window in time where they had a different singer, which most people kind of admit is just like, that's not Motley Crue. It doesn't sound the same. Like the music's different. It doesn't feel the same. Like obviously the singing's not the same, but Motley Crue wasn't a band where, you know, you have like one or two core members and every album you have like other people. Cause it is, it is weird to think of, bands that have only ever been like one lineup. How many bands have done that? And that's a question for you. 
Yeah, I, I can. Can can you name how many? Can you name that have done that? With the exception of bands where members have died, but like seriously, can can you name uh, some bands that are the the same lineup? I doubt it. Or consistently, like uh, the one that I can think of, and I believe we brought it up, and I don't know if it was they've always been like this or if that's just how they are now. But Poison. Cause poison, like we looked them up and it's still the, I don't know if it's the original lineup, but it was the lineup from the first record. Cause, uh, guns, cause guns and roses, uh, the, uh, the original guitar player was, uh, uh, Tracy guns. If you did or didn't know that, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you know that? I didn't know. Yeah. From the, the band LA guns, LA you know guns, that band? Yeah, I got, yeah. I got that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. The, the, and that's where the name came from. It's guns and roses. Axel Rose and Tracy Guns, yes. But when you think of like gun, who is, <laughs> I don't know how many people know that, but <laughs> I'm I'm I unless I completely made that up through like some <laughs> weird fever dream that I have, that that's the origin of the name Guns and Roses. And um when people think of like who like classic Guns and Roses lineup, it's like uh, Duff McWhalen, uh, Gilbert Adler, or Tracy, Tracy Adler. I don't know the, the drummer who had the, the cocaine overdose, mm. uh, slash and who, I don't remember the other guitar player, but, uh, I know Gilby, Gilby Clark came in. I don't even know what, yeah, there were five members. I don't even remember. I don't know, but like, that's what people think of, but like, that's not the original lineup, but People think of, we're going to talk about just like lineup for like first release onward, you know, not like the growing, growing pains, like, uh, Ron McGovney and who's the other member from Metallica, but like before Cliff Burton and Dave Mustaine, there were like, there were two other members. Doesn't matter. Oh yeah. Like yeah. classic Metallica is, um, Cliff Burton they released, and the other yeah. three. Yeah. And then, you know, Cliff Burton passed sadly. Uh, and then Jason Newstead jumps in and, uh, they, I don't know if they kicked him out or if he left because he was like, I don't want to be in a room with such an angry Oompa Loompa, but, <laughs> but, um, Robert Chihuyo, he's been in the band pretty consistently. So Metallica has had very few lineup changes, just, just two bass players. And that's, that's pretty much it. But most of these bands, I guess, you know, another, another good example is Slayer. Like Slayer was like the same band. Dave Lombardo left for a brief period. Paul Bostoff jumped in. Paul Bostoff. I saw that. I actually saw that Nick Menza replaced Dave Lombardo for almost a month. And then when Dave Lombardo heard about it, that they were going to replace him because he wanted more money. He came back into the band. Have was, you heard that? I haven't heard this. When, when was this? Must have been the first time Dave Lombardo was leaving the band. Well, the first time he okay. left the band, I, as far as I know, he left the band, and that's when Paul Bostoff came in. And Paul Bostoff is like the perfect Dave mm. Lombardo replacement because he he plays doesn't play exactly the same, but it's like similar enough. It's it's like like what like what a it, it's like getting Tim Owens to replace Rob Halford. It's like, it's pretty much the same. Let's yeah, be right. fair. 
It's like, you know, you purists, you can, you can make up whatever lies you want to tell yourself, but it's pretty much the same. But then, yeah, but then he came back and then that was basically Slayer until Jeff Hanneman tragically died. You know how Jeff Mm -hmm. Hanneman died, right? I thought he had like liver complications or something like that. Spider bite. A spider bite? What do you mean? Uh, well, a spider bit him. And then he like, died. Like in Australia? <laughs> well, dude, there are some scary um, I know. spiders in Australia. I'm pretty sure oh. the death, yeah, necrotizing fasciitis on one of his arms linked the illness with a spider bite. One, mm. one, week, one week later, an intoxicated Hanneman showed the arm to his wife who recalled, and I just freaked out when I saw it. It was bright red and three times the normal size. I said, Jeff, we need to go now. We need to get you to the ER. But all he wanted to do was go to bed and sleep. The following morning, she convinced him to seek medical attention in Loma Linda. And it was learned that amputation was one possible outcome. Mm. At one point, Hanneman was placed in a medically induced coma. Prior to surgery, hospital staff informed his wife he may not survive. Though he did survive, his wife says the illness hindered his ability to play guitar leading to desperation, and he started to lose hope. In light of his illness, Slayer's upcoming participation in the Australian Soundwave Festival Tour. It was set to begin February 26, 2011. The band made a decision to play the dates without Hanneman, brought in Gary Holt. Pat O'Brien joined as Slayer's temporary second guitarist when Holt left the tour to play with Exodus. Tom Murray announced Hanneman's recovery from the infection, though a later update on the band's official website noticed that, or noted that it had devastated his well-being. February 2013, King revealed that Hanneman was still battling health issues that prevented him from performing. Oh, he did die of liver failure. Okay, so uh, alcohol-related cirrhosis. So what probably did happen was the spider bite inhibited his ability to play, and then he just started drinking. Like, he was already drunk, so it's probably not like he just took Mm. up the bottle, but he's probably started drinking heavily because uh, he lost his ability to play. Goodness. See, it said it was, uh, he, his family had apparently been unaware of the extent of the condition until shortly before his death. Slayer expressed shock, stating in a release that it appeared he had been improving. He was excited and looking forward to working on a new record. So what probably happened was that was a lie. And he just said like, yeah, I'm getting better, but he probably knew like, you know, like if someone says like, Hey DJ, how are you doing? And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. But like, if you're having a bad day, like you, you don't want to bring people down and say like, oh, that's terrible. I'm like, I, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and then, you know, I hit every red light on the way. Like, you don't want to say that. You just say, that's good. So they're like, how are you doing, Jeff? And he's probably like, yeah, I'm getting better. But when reality, he just knows he's like, not only am I not getting better, like I'm probably never going to be able to play a Slayer song ever again. Like, and then he'd probably just hit the bottle hard. Jeez. So, so the the point is, stay away from spiders, okay? Especially if you're in yeah, Australia. There's a lot of scary spiders there, and we're talking about Motley Crue, and how they're they're on what's called the stadium tour, where they're charging upwards of two grand to see this band live, and more or less, you're paying two grand to see them stand there while someone pl- uh, presses play. Cause they're, they're not even playing. So you're there just to see Nikki six, Tommy Lee, Vince Neal, who 
like just looks like hands. looks like butterbean <laughs> with a wig <laughs> on at this point. Hey, don't put butterbean down like that. That's not fair. Don't. It, that's not now, fair to butterbean. Now, in all fairness, butterbean is not looking too good these days. Oh, he's not. I love no. butterbean. Yeah, I do too. I, I do too. Johnny Knoxville doesn't, but everyone else likes. Butterbean. The funniest <laughs> part of that sketch is after he, he's all bleeding, he just says, "Is butterbean okay?" Like, butterbean okay. That's the funniest part Butter. of that whole thing. It's like tooth is coming through his nose or something. That, yeah, yeah. He's oh. just like a guy. A guy in boxing gloves hit him so hard that it busted his head open. Think about that. Imagine like getting hit with a pillow so hard that your, your head opens up. <laughs> like I understand uh, there, you know, there's a fist behind those gloves and it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But still the padding that you, you have to hit someone pretty hard to open someone up with boxing gloves and those boxers had, hit hard. He was, yes. the, he was the king of the three rounders. Was he? I thought he was the king of the like four seconders. Well, because he, he wouldn't agree to fight past three rounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he, he knocked everyone yeah, out in like, in like 20 like seconds. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But from, from what I, from what I hear, Butterbean is not, he's like, he's looking real rough these days. Mm. See, so, yeah, I hear he looks like Vince Steele. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. See, yeah. Uh, and and what I was trying to, to get at is, like it, it is cool to see these people on stage. Like there is something to it, but there there is something more for seeing these people actually perform. And they are old. I want to say, like Tommy Lee. I don't think he's in his seventies yet, but he's pretty close. Like these I mean, guys, yeah. these guys are pretty old. And they gave him a reality show back in the day about him, like going back to college and trying to be on like the, uh, drum yeah, he didn't even finish high school. <laughs> I, I think, I think like all of them were high school dropouts. I'm not kidding. With the exception of oh, maybe Mick Mars, I think I, I really do. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Nikki six and Tommy Lee both dropped out of high school. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Vince Neil did too. I, I, I re- I'm not sure this could be another thing that I'm making up like from another weird fever dream that I had, but I'm pretty sure all of them dropped out of high school. Maybe Mick Mars did too, but I, I don't know for some reason. I'm pretty sure that the three members that are still left in the band, I know it's funny because they made a big deal about replacing Mick Mars and they replaced him with, with Johnny five, who uh, you probably don't know from uh, playing with Marilyn Manson. And and he is a good guitar player. He is an accomplished guitar player. He's kind of like, he's not like a shredder like Steve Vai, but he's like one of those types where he can just like move in and out of any like hard rock band. And, okay, yeah, and, yeah. And, and he can, and he can find a way to fit in. Like he's you know, really, um, really accomplished musician, but they got this big name in. They could have got anybody. They could have got like Joe Blow from like the the local like whatever. Could have got Bernie Williams. <laughs> Probably could have got Bernie Williams. That would have been pretty funny. But I'm saying like you could have got someone like some 19 year old. Someone like there's probably plenty of young people that are out there, and they you could get him and say like, hey, do you want to be in Motley Crue? And you pay him like one yeah, percent of what the other three make. Yeah. 
And it wouldn't make a difference because it's all being pantomimed anyway. And they're charging two thousand dollars. And yeah, and there's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of footage out there. Oh, it's such a ripoff. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and you you can see that Tommy Lee's the drums start playing before he starts hitting them. You can see the same thing with Nikki six symbols playing. Yep. And you can see, and Vince Neil, most of what he's doing is saying like, say it for me. Yeah. Chris Jericho is saying like, well, it's cause he's so out of shape. I mean, he looks, I mean, the guy looks like Butterbean. and sure. Like you need to be in shape to sing. Like you need the lung power to do it, but Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're all faking it. So let's, let's say that for the sake of argument, Vince Neil is singing to a, a backup track or a lip syncing to a backup track because he's physically unfit to, to do what he's supposed to do. Well, what's Nikki Six's excuse? Now I understand Tommy Lee in his day was a, was a pretty tight accomplished drummer. He did a lot of interesting gimmicks. He did, mm-hmm. he did play the instrument well enough and maybe that's too exhausting for him. But then what is Nikki Six's excuse? There's none other than these guys are just, I, and I, and they also hate each other. And I, I interrupted myself. <laughs> I was going to say like, it's just a cash grab for them, but yeah, they all hate each other. A like total cash grab. Yeah. Like, and it, 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 this is like the most shameless cash grab. It's, it's these guys go out. They literally pretend to play live. They don't even make a good effort of looking like they're playing live. When they're done, they get off stage. They don't talk to each other. They, they all hate each other. They go other places. They collect a huge check and then they move on to the next city. I would say a little deeper than that. They like every year they say, this is our last tour. So they try to market themselves even higher and they're not even playing their instruments. It's all backup tracks. Yeah. That doesn't like, like it's even more than that to me. Like it, they're really selling you. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. They're real. It's it's a huge work, and, and that's like, um, yeah, exactly. Like every every furniture store is always going out of business. <laughs> yeah, because it it or does a holiday sale or something. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, it, it's and it's just a marketing gimmick. Uh, I believe the Who did a farewell tour in nineteen eighty something, like early like eighty three, eighty two, eighty one, like around there. And I think that the ticket prices, it was like $25 granted at the time, you know, $25 is, is more than $25 now, but it's not, not like a hundred bucks now. Yeah. I was going to say maybe, maybe like, astronomical. maybe like, yeah, 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 yeah. But a hundred dollars to see what well, 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 yeah. well, but before you make your point, because, and I yeah. do want you to make this point next, but the who that was a band that was accomplished, had a string of hits. They were very famous. They were popular. They were good musicians. And so they're having a farewell tour, a hundred dollars. You're never going to see them again. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So go on. Oh, well, it's not really that important, but I was going to say like the value of the dollar right, generally yeah. decreases by half or, uh, every 22 years. So that would be about in line with about a hundred bucks. Yeah. Cause well, they, yeah, that was, you know, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I found where I saw that Nick Menza possibly replacing, uh, Dave Lombardo. Uh, I guess it's from his, uh, Nick Menza is 
autobiography called Mega Life in 2018. He released it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't want to discombobulate you though about Motley Crue. If you're still going on that, go for no, it. No, I, no, no, no. I just, I just found this thing, and it's just, it's it, the funny thing was, it was saying how Motley Crue ruined their reputation forever. And they're, they're charging $2,000 and, and it's been confirmed. I, can't believe I mean, I guess, I guess it hasn't quote unquote been confirmed, but there's been a, a slew of gotchas like, ha, look, Nikki six is mm-hmm. not playing his bass and the bass is coming out. Um, Tommy Lee is not, um, playing drums and the cymbal sounds are coming out. Like, yeah, the, these guys are not playing their instruments. Nick. Uh, Nick Mars, Mick Mars came out and said, yeah, they're all playing to a track and you know, they just, they tried to cut me out just for money and, um, they're still getting their, their 2000. So it says it ruined their reputation. Nobody cares about their reputation. It's almost like the Lizzo thing. Like it's not going to hurt them. No. Well, they're, they're, well, it's, it's like at a certain point. And they're unhealthy. (laughs) Well, that too. But at a certain point, all things considered, they're pretty healthy for (laughs) what they Uh, did. For what they've done. Yeah. Like these, these guys are call them Jackal Elaine. But, um, at a certain point bands, it it stops being about the artistry and then it just becomes product. It's like, like the next star Wars movie that comes out. Like, it doesn't matter if they're like the reviews are in and it's terrible or whatever. There's still going to be people that are going to buy everything related to it because it's Star Wars. And then that applies perfectly to Metallica, perfectly to Kiss. And then now I think just Motley Crue is there too. Like Motley Crue used to be the raunchy rock and roll party band. And then now it's, it's just another business venture. You just, you're just get the new Motley Crue Funko Pops, get the new Motley Crue beer, like what, whatever they're hawking. Like pay $2,000 to see them pretend to play on stage. And I just don't think their reputation is, is ruined at all, but we can go back to this Nick Menza just to, to touch on that, that point. Go go ahead. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit lengthy, but I'll try to keep it short. So, so it's Nick Menza. Well, just talking. give the year, just give the year. Okay. Uh, it doesn't necessarily. Okay. Uh, do your best. Yeah, I'll do my best here. So he says, I left Von Skeletor when I had the chance to join Slayer. Dave Lombardo had left the band about a month before they were scheduled for a European tour to promote Rain and Blood because he said he wasn't making enough money. So does that give you a year? Uh, I'm looking for Von Skeletor. Because Dave Lombardo, because it, uh, Dave, Dave Lombardo came back, I believe, uh, uh, it was, he was on God hates us all. I, I'm pretty sure. So, um, it's possible that he just came back 2000, 2001, 99 even. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm just trying to find this thing. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, so there's, that's, that, that's just two windows when it could have happened. I'm just trying yeah. to, trying to find this. Well, yeah. it says here, you know, with Nick Menza, he said, given the competition to win the, th- the throne and Slayer, I sure thought it wasn't going to happen, but that was it. I went out 
lit and got the gig in one song. I was on my way. I was so excited to get the gig that I dropped everything else I was doing for an intensive course on everything Slayer related. You know what? Honestly, uh, let's be fair. He probably wasn't going to leave Megadeth to join uh, Slayer. Well, was he in Megadeth? I don't think he was in Megadeth. At well, time. well, this, well, this, this is, was before ninety. Well, the, well, this was before ninety. Yeah, this was okay. Been, so I think, okay, around like eighty-seven. Okay, so so Dave Lombardo was was going. He was gearing up to leave multiple times, and then he just at some point left. But yeah. Okay, I see. All right. Yeah, so that's what I was trying to think. Like, was this when Dave Lombardo first left? Or was it before he first left? Or was this when he had rejoined? And there's another time. So, yeah. Yeah, and it says, so he says, uh, I spent a couple weeks learning all their songs and rehearsing with them. Then Dave Lombardo returned to the band after he learned he had been replaced and I was out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and just, apparently Rick, Rick Rubin was the one to keep calling Lombardo back, apparently. Of course um, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And then Tom Eric, yeah. Interesting, and then well, yeah, well, it's 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 the things that I have found is it's it's especially true today with modern rap or R and B, whatever. It's always the same people, <laughs> and it, it's not much different in yeah. in in the this we'll call it mainstream metal, like you know, or. I guess I don't know what what you want to call it because I guess Slayer Slayer is much more commercially successful uh, successful than Exodus. I, Exodus right. I would go as far as to say is probably not commercially successful. Maybe just over the years the the royalties have let uh, a few members accumulate a decent amount of wealth, but at the same time, uh, they just they picked up Gary Holt to replace. Jeff Hanneman and, and Gary Holt is a super underrated guitar player. Yeah, Gary Holt is a very creative guitar player. And I just I really like how he plays. Pro- probably is my favorite guitar player, but uh, with Nick really? Menza and this, is, yeah. And, and this is a thing that, uh, going back to the, the bands that mm-hmm. just don't have their own, whatever, uh, just, they're not the band like Megadeth is not, it's not really Megadeth anymore. Especially without Dave Ellison. Yeah, that made it feel like still Megadeth. You know, as much as I'd like to hide the fact, like it doesn't bother me, but it, it does. I it does now. Rather than, yeah. Because let's say like Megadeth is Dave Mustaine. Like, okay, sure. Like he, he did most stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. It, it is, it's, he is, he's the principal songwriter. He's the singer. So like without him, like you can't tell, like I, I saw a video recently that said like, is Megadeth worth seeing on this tour without Kiko Wario? And as, and I, my response was who, even though, yes, I know Kiko Wario <laughs> yeah. is the, I know he's the guitar player for Megadeth and he's been there for a while, but like when you think of Megadeth, what most people pretty much default to is the rust in peace era. Like that's when they people do. think Megadeth, yeah. it's, it is rust in peace. Even though uh, it's it is not the best Megadeth album, it was just the album that that kind of cemented that this is like a tour de force metal band. 
It's, yeah, it sounds great. The, the songs are more acceptable and it still has an edge. And all the musicianship is like top of their game for everybody. Like Dave was just starting to get clean. Like his head was getting focused. Like success was right there. So, and, and it's the album before countdown to extinction, which is largely, uh, an ignored album. Like there's a few songs on it that people like, but no one really talks about Megadeth in the nineties outside of rust and peace. And there are good songs on countdown to extinction, but like no one, no one's out there saying, you know, what's my favorite Megadeth song architecture of aggression. You know, what song <laughs> is really good that I wish they played more psychotron. You know, oh, yeah. no one's doing that. Even though I, I stand by countdown to extinction is a good song. I don't ever want to hear Megadeth play that live. Like if Megadeth announced we're doing a tour, we're playing like countdown to extinction all the way, like beginning to end. Like, even if it was my last chance to see Megadeth again, I, sorry, not doing it. Like, I I just, I don't, I don't care. But rust in peace was just like, it was like the end of, of Megadeth. But back uh, a few episodes ago, I, I said that Dave should have he should have bit the bullet in 2004 because Dave has always been his worst enemy because Nick Menza was supposed to be on that tour, uh, the, the blackmail, the universe mm, tour. That's right. I, I have, I have no idea what happened. Um, they said he wasn't physically fit. That, that was the reason Just, given. And I remember not clean. <laughs> I mean, that's possible. Um, I took that as that he was like too fat and out of shape to, to play all those songs every night and Megadeth doesn't, especially that era, they did not really play hard songs. Like the toughest song for them to play was, was, I don't know. I don't even want to, not even Holy Wars. It's Holy Wars is pretty drum beat. It's, it's not like, like like Holy Wars should be. uh, yeah, but you, there's fills, but those are, that's the rest of the song is your break. The drum beat is dunch, 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 dunch. It's, they're not, they're not playing, you know, the conjuring. They're not playing mechanics. They're not playing the tough stuff. So probably was that he was on drugs, but, uh, when, when, when Megadeth reunited in 2004, Dave should have bit the bullet. And just for the, for the sake of like business, he should have patched things up with yeah. Ellison, which he, he eventually did before for no reason uh, kicking him out. Cause like, I mean, you look at Lizzo, Lizzo's almost <laughs> certainly going to be unaffected for her like sex right. abuse of her people. So this thing that mm-hmm. happened with Dave Ellison, no one's going to care. Motley Crue is literally not playing their instruments live. And no one cares. It's not like that came out and then ticket sales just plummeted. Nobody, nobody, nobody cares anymore. Like no, nobody's career really gets ruined anymore. So anyway, Dave should have had, cause Chris Poland played on the album. He should have had Chris Poland play live. He should have just said like, Chris, we've had our problems in the past, but you were the original guitar player. And it's not like Chris mm-hmm. Poland was just the guy that they got to jump in. Like Chris Poland is, he can play and he plays really oh, yeah. well. I know he came out 
somewhat recently and he said like recording on blackmail the universe was it was really intense and it was, it was tough to work with dave like dave was demanding perfection and he wanted this and that. like and i don't know if i buy any of these things because all of this stuff it just it just seems like an excuse to to, to make us think that things are more complicated than they are when the reality yeah. probably was dave dave didn't want a guy coming on stage with with short spiky hair and glasses like looking like a nerd like he probably wanted people that looked like classic 80s musicians that that's that's probably what it came down to like nick menza still had long hair so he he asked yeah. him back if nick menza couldn't do it shoot man bring back jimmy degrasso oh yeah why not Jimmy DeGrasso has been around. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to look this up now. And Jimmy DeGrasso died in 2003 in like a tragic fire or something. <laughs> I, I just look it up right now. Okay, good. He's still alive. Yeah. Like why not? Could have brought well, him back. What would you think? What would you think of? Well, there's two options. If, um, either Megadeth brought Marty Friedman. Of course, obviously that's the obvious Mar- choice, but or, Marty Friedman or, didn't want to come back. Or, Okay, or if they had Megadeth have three guitars, some people are like, you know what, we like that that guitar sound. No, that's no. I think that's Marty and go the Iron Maiden route. You don't like that? No, I think that's stupid. It works with Iron Maiden because Iron Maiden is another one of those bands which has basically been the same thing forever. Granted, yes, there. Uh, I think there was a different guitar player on the first album. I forgot his name, and Clive Burr tragically had uh, multiple. Right. Uh, yeah. multiple sclerosis so he, he could not play anymore uh-huh. Paul Diano had problems but basically Iron Maiden is was Bruce, Adrian uh, Steve um, Dave and um, yeah. Nico so yeah. it, it's just like Adrian Smith left and they're like okay well Yannick Years comes in and like Adrian Smith wants to come back like oh at this point why not because iron maiden is such a guitar driven band so like at that point why not why not and iron maiden that's another band that it's it's pretty much the product at that point but iron maiden still treats what they do with with high regard you know their their new album mm-hmm. sinjetsu it's not good but the, you know these guys are really they're real old like they're real old <laughs> really old yes yeah so i i cut them some slack because after a while you, you can't keep that youth uh, of like you know your 20s and 30s going so but they're they're still going out and they're they're still playing the trooper bruce dickinson's waving the flag you know they're still they're still doing that stuff but if if megadeth could get marty friedman yeah sure that would that would be ideal like if they if they just got back in 2004 if if it was the rust and peace lineup that would be ideal but what it really should be is it should be identifiable Megadeth members. Like it's just Dave and some other guys. Like at, at a certain point, it, it's, it's Dave and friends. Yeah. It's old, old Dave and I think friends. We've called that before. Yeah. Yeah. Old Dave and friends. And that, that's basically what old it is. And, and at a, at a certain point, it's just like, it's not really Megadeth. Like, uh, like Blackie Lawless with, um, uh, the Crimson Idol, he wanted it to yeah. be a solo project. It was just supposed to be Blackie Lawless. But the record company said, no, you owe us a, a Wasp record. So he just called it Wasp. But at that point, it, like, it wasn't any of the Wasp members. It was all new members. 
So he was still just like, well, it's Blackie Lawless. It's not Wasp anymore. But for for um, contract purposes, it had to be Wasp. And then at that point, he was just like, whatever. It's 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 just I'm Wasp, and that's how it is. And that's a that's another thing. Like with that band, um, it's it's just it's one guy, and then everyone else is just constantly like cycling in and out. It, it doesn't matter. And, and uh, the, uh, there's something to bands being consistent. Like with okay, Ozzy Osbourne. I don't know anything about his most recent record. I know people somewhat liked it. All, like all things considered, patient number nine. Uh, but I, now I know nothing about it. Now I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm about to look it up that Zach wild is still the guitar player in the band. That's, that's my guess. I'm pretty sure. I, I, yeah. So Zach wild guitar tracks one through three, six through nine, 11, 12 tracks, one, five, seven, nine, where he's playing keyboards, I guess an organ track eight. Uh, well, there's just a, oh geez. There's a who's who of people on this. Like Tony Iommi played oh, on yeah, this Jeff Beck. Yeah. Eric Clapton, Robert Julio, but, uh, Duff McKagan, but, but the, <laughs> the, the point, the point is really that a lot of familiar faces. Well, not so much that, but yes, that is worth <laughs> noting. But yeah. the, the thing is Ozzy Osbourne, um, Randy Rhodes tragically died. I don't know why Jake Ely left the band, never looked into it, but Zach wild had been a pretty consistent staple. Uh, of Ozzy Osbourne for you know for a long time. I don't I don't know about the bass players and the drummers. I don't know if those were you know jumping in and out, but Zach Wild he he was there. He oops, bump my mic. He, like it was it was him. So it's not just like Ozzy old old Oz and friends. Like it's still Ozzy and Zach Wild. Maybe maybe it's the same bass player and, and drummer too. I don't know. But there is something to bands needing to stay bands at a certain point because, like, like, why? Especially when they're old, like when they're younger, you know, it's trying to find their way, you know, going in and out. Let's see, uh, let's see what works here. But when you're old, like, you got to see the classic lineups. Granted, you know, we're we're getting to the point where a lot of these people they're just going to start dying. Like when Dave got cancer, old. I was like, that's it, that's the end. Like he, like he's old. He's not going to make it. He's a former, like crazy drug addict like history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's not, he's not going to make it, but uh, he did. And then back, back to this guy saying like, should you see Megadeth without Kiko Oreo? It's like, well, you've been seeing Megadeth without Megadeth for uh, yeah, well, since when has Kiko been a staple in the band? Yeah, like when they when they got back together, it was who? it was, was it Sean? No, no, no. I don't even remember who there was, it was. There was, there I, was like I, a Chris Broderick guy that was no. That's really what that, that's later. That's later. Probably talking about way later. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think who was the guy on that tour because I, I want to say it was Glenn Drover. Glenn Drover right. from from King Diamond. Yeah. So I think that's who it was. Um, just, just looking, uh, 2004. Yeah. It was Glenn Drover. Yeah. And yeah. And Sean Drover, uh, played, uh, I don't know if he was on that. I don't think he was on that tour. Maybe he was Sean and Glenn Drover. Huh? I don't remember. You know, what? you know, since you brought up 
May, we'll have to touch on this another time, but since you brought up Ozzy and we brought up Iron Maiden in the same breadth, do, do you what? remember the Ozfest? The yes, I do. Ozfest? I yes. do. I that was do. just an anniversary of it. The, the 18 year anniversary just passed. Uh, uh, of Sharon Osbourne encouraging people to throw eggs at Iron Maiden? <laughs> yeah, and I guess she. When Iron Maiden. Op- do you know what song they opened up with? No, I don't. Oh man, this will blow your mind. Like, cause this is, I, Iron Maiden was, they were kind of doing that thing that all these bands did. Like we pretty much just play all the, the, like the same sets for every tour mm-hmm. with here and there. They opened with murders in the room org. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. I, I, I I've killers. never, I'm sure you can find YouTube videos of, of Bruce Dickinson, uh, singing that song but i'd never at that time i'd never heard him like i i've heard the demo have you heard the bruce dickinson's demo like where he's singing he's singing killers not in a while though yeah it's like it's really it's like really crappy recording like he's singing he's singing killers i can't remember it's three songs i can't remember what they are but one is one is killers yeah probably iron maiden but one one was killers and um and like i always wanted to hear bruce dickinson sing that era of iron maiden songs mm-hmm. and then i saw that like oh wow they're opening with murders in the room and i i ended up not going to that because Ozfest is it's like it's it's pretty crappy it's like way too expensive uh you're never close to any of the bands it's it's not not that fun like it's, it, you want to be you want to be closer to the bands you want you want a more intimate setting for live stuff but anyway, yeah, they, uh, Sharon Osborne allegedly was encouraging people to, to throw like eggs and, and rotten fruit and vegetables at Iron Maiden over apparently some kind of, I, I think it was that Iron Maiden wanted to headline over like Ozzy or Black Sabbath, whoever was playing there. Well, it, what I have pulled up that says, uh, Sharon uh, later accused Bruce Dickinson of having disrespected her husband and heavy metal itself. Um, and then it says the only thing Bruce said was that reality TV shows were crap and destroying television. He also said that the British were the ones to blame for it. Um, and then, yeah, and it, it, it says, if you recall, in 2005, the Osbournes were the number one reality television show on well, the air at the time well what i was gonna say to that was um who has ever looked at sharon osborne and thought that person is probably telling the whole unfiltered <laughs> truth yeah and it's like sharon osborne saying bruce dickens and disrespected heavy metal get out of here sharon you're the worst yeah and yeah, i yeah right? and i and, yeah, and i do believe that that's what he said was like reality TV is crap and the Brits are to blame, which is a clear shot at Ozzy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, is he wrong? Yeah. I was going to say, is he lying? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Or is he wrong? It's, yeah, not, I, it's also, it, re- yeah, no. And it's also reported that Zach Wilde took part in the egg throwing, but has never 100% been confirmed. Yeah. I hearsay. I don't know. Um, I, I feel like Zach wild would have a little more respect for Iron Maiden than to do that. Cause that Zach wild seems to be like, 
Like, if you've ever you're seen him in interviews, <laughs> like Zach, Zach Wilde does come off kind of like, like a knuckle dragging, like dope. Like but a hope. <laughs> yeah. He, like he, he does come off like, like a, a, like a total dummy. Like he, he's, he's like me have big stick. Fire, me bad. hit you. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that is how he comes off, but I don't Fear think he's good. actually, yeah, I don't think he's a dumb person, even though like he slept through high school and he played guitar all day. Like he, I encourage okay. more people like Zach Wilde, like do that. Like if school doesn't appeal to you and you're good at something else, like if you're really good at like boxing or something like that and school is not that appealing, like you should stick with boxing or whatever, just insert thing there that you could have a future in. Like this whole idea, like you just need to get an education. Like getting a degree doesn't mean anything. Degrees literally mean nothing. So just, you have a piece of paper, one that doesn't mean you actually are educated or intelligent. It doesn't guarantee you you're going to have an income that you can survive off, let alone be happy. Now on the flip side, that doesn't mean you should just pursue something because you enjoy doing it because who knows if one you'll enjoy doing it a few years from now. And two, it's something that you can make a living at. Like if you're really good at ping pong, don't devote your whole <laughs> life to ping pong. But if you're really good at tennis, well, that's another story that there is, there is money in professional tennis. But if, if someone just tells you like, you're never going to make it, how do they know? Who is anyone to tell they you? Make it. <laughs> well, that's probably the truth, but who is, who is anyone to tell you? Like if you're really good at base, you know, there, there are going to be applications for you to, to be a, an accomplished base player. There are, there's always going to be someone that wants it. Like, look, Megadeth ditched the, their most iconic member behind Dave and they just got other people. Like who, who is the current base player? I, I I genuinely don't know who it, or I think it's me. Steve DiGiorgio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that Steve DiGiorgio. Yeah, but, yeah no, he's not. No, apparently it's not. It's it's James Lomenzo. Oh, James Lomenzo. That's right. I did see something about Steve DiGiorgio. I think he's a, isn't yeah, he, I think he was on the latest album. Maybe that's what. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I think he's just in Testament now. Yeah, so it's Dirk in. Dirk Verburen. Kiko Morio, who it says that like Kiko Kiko Morio joined the band in 2015. He's been on two albums. Should I see Megadeth without (laughs) this guy who's been on two albums? You've been seeing Megadeth without Megadeth. (laughs) Yeah, I really, I really think that Uh. there are 15 albums because I think 13 was the 13th album. So it looks like yeah, six, six, the, 16 albums. One off? Yeah, the yeah, Super Collider was yeah. after 13. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's been three albums after 13. So of 16, uh, uh, two of 16 albums. Eighth. He's been on an eighth of their releases. Should I say Megadeth without this guy who's barely been a, Well, he plays flute oh, like Lizzo. God. Well, gee, he must be the heart of the band. Get what out are of we here. gonna do without Kiko? Without without Pedro Henrique Lorero. 
Yeah. Ray so Mysterio? yeah. Ray Mysterio played guitar in Megadeth <laughs> until uh, he had to bow out Mike of the current Piazza tour. Mike Piazza is on the album. Mike Piazza. Now, Mike Piazza is not playing live, but should we see Megadeth without um, Mike Piazza? Hey, yeah. Mike Piazza is playing bass and, for uh, and that, Crew. Yeah, and that was, that was just a video that I saw. Like why, like, why would you even bother making that video? It's not like... Kiss is playing without Paul Stanley, even though Paul Stanley is another one. He blew out his voice singing, so he he would lip sync to a tape on the in the the last few tours that they did. But again, it, it's like Kiss. Kiss really is Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Frehley, Peter Chris. But it was still for a long time. It was still Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Like some other people came in. It's not quite the same, but. Like I give it a pass when it's still like majority of the prime members. Megadeth is not that. And Megadeth hasn't been that. So at at a certain point, bands stop being about the band and they're just a product selling its, its name. And, and Motley Crue has done this very well. And I think, yeah, Megadeth is just at this point, especially when we have people thinking that it's a discussion to have. Should I see this <laughs> band live when a guy who's been on two albums isn't on the tour? And it's not like he left because he's like, Dave is, is a jerk. He's shortchanging everyone. He's back to using drugs and whatever. Like, it, no, it's just like I had a family emergency, so I'm not able to play on the tour. Like it was just that, like something super innocent and relatable that we all understand. So yeah, uh, yeah. Meg- Megadeth is, is just another brand and it, it would be nice if Dave can swallow his pride and give a huge apology to Dave Ellison and bring back, I mean, can't bring back Nick Menza now, but no. even bring back Marty Friedman, just like full, like new album, like whatever. I, mean, I That's not going to happen, but even Chris Poland, definitely not yeah. Al Petrelli because Al Petrelli was the beginning of the end. It's just like, who are these people? Right. But yeah, um, so that, you know, that was the, that was the show this week. Didn't get to cover the one thing I wanted to cover, but we will get to that, uh, which is something really, really funny. But, uh, next week we got, we got something huge for you. Something, something really big and you're not going to want to miss it, but, uh, Hey man, uh, take us home, DJ. Yeah, we want to thank you for tuning into the Metal Podcast. Like AC said, we got a big one for you next week, bigger than our biggest episode that we've already had. So, the biggest of the biggest, as you might say. But if you want, you should go ahead and follow our Discord. We can send you out that uh, invitation because it does expire um, after a certain amount of time. So, reach out to us. We want to thank Terminal Dust for being on the episode. Hope you enjoyed their song, Marionette. But everyone, have a great, great time. And we will see you next week. Don't want to miss it. Stay safe out there.